Before we get into this episode, I have an announcement. The next round of our program, Wanting It More, is going to be starting on February 1st, 2024, and it will be the last time I run it at the current price. The reason for this is that we are now providing a complete learning and support track for husbands, the same amount of support and education that we have been offering for women, instead of just the weekly support calls that we have done for the last two rounds for men. So if you join for the February-March round, you will get all of this for the current price before this goes up. And I think it is a great decision to make. We have found that the more support and education we provide men, no surprise, the better the outcomes are for all couples. So if you want to decide uh, if it's a good fit for you, if you want to learn all the information, you can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more for all the details. And I hope to see you there. And I also hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. I am so delighted to be here with you. And today we are joined by Kate. Kate just finished Wanting It More and courageously agreed to come have a conversation with us on the podcast. So Kate, just to get us started, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. So I am from England, mighty England. Uh, yeah, south, down south. Um, I'm married, I've been married for 19 years yeah 19 and a half years now uh we've got three children <clears throat> ranging from 18 down to 11 so that's lovely and crazy <laughs> uh yeah so um two dogs guinea pig hamster just died fish beard dragon everything you like yeah we've got everything <laughs> that's a full house it's madness yeah Are and all your kids still at home yeah, 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 yeah. No signs of going anywhere. <laughs> no. Yeah, with the cost of living, I feel like we're gonna all have our teens stay with us for a little longer than maybe in. The I past. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, yeah, well, no, and God, I was just gonna say, both my husband and I both work um, self-employed as well, and we're both at home a lot, which is um, stressful at times. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a period of time where John and I were both working from home and yeah it was a, there was a bit of a a, a tug of war over our internet usage <laughs> yeah, yeah. be like hey John I'm on a call <laughs> calm down your stuff yeah so let's just dive right in what was your childhood and adolescent and young adult years like in terms of sex education and just your own learning yeah I mean it's funny because when I first started listening to your podcast and you mentioned culture, I really thought that was a really like American Canadian thing. I was like, oh, we don't have that here. That's not you don't like have that. culture. No, I love no it's, it's not. It's, I, I felt it was really like talking about um, sort of like more religious things, things like that, which actually I am Catholic. So I was brought up in a in, in a Catholic setting and things like that. But I sort of thought, no, that doesn't apply until I took the course. And I was like, actually, it completely applies. But yeah, so I mean, I grew up in a happy household my mom and my dad still together now and just my sister um we went to catholic schools um I had to yeah we had to go to church every week that was my mom's rules and until until we were 15 and then we could make up our own minds and then I never went again <laughs> no I do I, I do go sometimes um but yeah very um 
I would say very nice, a very nice childhood, very calm. My dad had his own business. My mum stayed at home. Um, I suppose my mum did, my mum did all the, you know, any chats we had to have, anything a little bit more deep. Uh, my dad did all the fun stuff. Um, but yeah, me and my sister were six and a half years apart, so quite separate, I would say. So she had quite a grown up life and I was always the, the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and treated that way for an extremely long time um yeah I sort of always still feel like I'm the baby which is ridiculous but yeah I would say everything was fairly yeah fairly nice really we, we had lots of cousins and things like that and things like that but yeah I suppose um sexual education wise wasn't overly blessed I mean my mum she's so sweet she it, it's special cuddles that that's what I was given special cuddles when you love somebody mm-hmm. that's what that's what I was given you know which you know to be fair if I ask my mom now that's probably how she would explain it that it's special cuddles it's when you love somebody and that's it mm-hmm. um but yeah nothing too untoward really I would say in that in that sort of I don't, I don't think anything too crazy on along those lines and now that you've been enlightened, what would you say <laughs> is the culture in UK around sex? Yeah, I mean, I suppose being within the Catholic schools, you've obviously got, I mean, there's there's issues with Catholic, Catholic schools teaching it. I, I don't know if it's the same in other religions, but you, you know, they can't say, you should use contraception, you know, you should use all of these sorts of things. There's madness, madness. So I think within the Catholic religion, definitely it's for when you're married. Definitely you can't be homosexual, you know, anything like that. And you can't divorce and all things like that. But whether that transpires completely in the UK, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not sure on that one. I would. What about with your friends? Do you talk about mm. sex with your friends or joke about sex with your friends? No, uh, not no. a lot of talking, not serious talking. I would say the most conversations I would have had with my friends would have been, oh, God, you know, he wants it again. You know, they're, they're really those sorts of conversations. And one friend we have had a conversation of that's the only thing we argue about, only argue about sex in our relationship. She said the same, but it's very jokey. It's very, yeah, very, very jokey, not spoken about at all. You know, it's interesting. and I, I know it's so hard to talk about this in terms of generalizations, mm. but mm-hmm. I love folks from the UK when they come into WIM because <laughs> there is like a an openness that surprised me because okay. I would think being sort of that Brit- British like sort of up stiff upper lip you know I that's mm-hmm. part of my ancestry and so you know just don't talk about anything but there seems to be a bit more openness and more willingness yeah, that, that's like, funny yeah direct. yeah because yeah I mean yeah definitely English people as a as a standard yeah you wouldn't you don't talk about that you know? definitely my nan and granddad's area 100% you definitely wouldn't speak about sex you know I remember the only thing my nan ever said to me ever about sex was after I'd had my third child. She said, well, make sure you do your pelvic floor muscle exercises. You need to keep him happy in the bedroom. And that was and I was like, oh. wow. <laughs> yeah, 
I nearly I nearly died I was like oh my gosh can you believe what my nan's just said to me that is amazing (laughs) we don't often hear that direct type of instruction yeah yeah that's so clearly yeah from culture what about I'm just interested now because you brought up UK and culture what about talking about other things do you talk about bodies and menstruation and those types of things I think like me within my family uh, as in with me me and my and my children 100% yeah like I mean it's always been can you grab me a tampon can you grab a sanitary towel I've I've got all girls as well, so we're we're very very open, um, which my husband struggles with sometimes. But uh, yeah, we're very very open. The the toilet doors very never very rarely closed. We all know when one of us is on our period. Always that's very spoken about. Yeah, but, and I suppose that was in my. I do remember my mum always asking for for me to grab a sanitary towel or something. So that was fairly open. Yeah, and what about with your friends? Are you, do you friends? About- yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose we would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would even say I'm a hairdresser to my customers. I would probably, you know, not all of them, but I might say, "Oh gosh, my period's really bad today," you know, or something like that. I, I probably would would say that. Yeah, that's what I'm picking up on. Yeah, so maybe it's not necessarily an openness about sex, but it's an. Mm-hmm uh openness about bodies and bodily yeah. functioning like I could imagine you talking about menopause and like oh I'm having a hot flash or something like that yeah, but in yeah. Canada or even America less so I would say that's a, a, a menopause at the moment in I mean obviously it's maybe slightly my age uh, but it's spoken about a lot in the UK a, a, a lot a lot like uh, really? I don't know if you guys have Davina McCall she's just written this book she's a presenter I don't think she's worldwide um and she's written a book and it's like have you read Davina McCall's book you know it's, it's yeah it's all this there's quite I would say there's quite a lot about it definitely within my friends you don't moment. have that I, you know I, I there's a general edition again about Canada but Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't experience that with my friend group. No. Um, no. And I'm, you know, turning, I just turned 40 and I'm definitely yeah. in some sort of change, some perimenopause, something. And I'm like, yeah. where are the conversations happening? I have yeah. older friends. They never talk to me about this. Where's the sort of mentorship and womanhood and yeah. other? And I just feel it right now the, the for the first time in my life, really, that's so lacking in my yeah, that's community. really interesting. I would have thought it'd be completely the other way around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, there's yeah. a lot more sort of shame, but bodily yeah. kind of shame and quietness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So going into your <laughs> kind of you know you know we we kind of covered your early education through childhood. Yeah. What was it like through adolescence and early adulthood? Kind of into your first sexual experiences. Um. I mean, school, school-wise education towards sex education, probably back when I was that age, was pretty, pretty useless. I mean, as I say, it was a Catholic school, so there was no... I know some of my friends at other schools were taught to put condoms on cucumbers and bananas and stuff. We never had anything like that because, of no. course, contraception is not allowed, and that's it. Um, so, yeah, and when I first got my first serious boyfriend, I just remember my mum saying oh well we'll go and get you the pill then you know and I thought oh gosh I it wasn't wasn't even on my radar so I was like oh my gosh really 
And actually, it was really strange because I saw that as a green light. Like, you, you can do this, Kate, which mm. I suppose she was saying to me, which is lovely. But also, I probably didn't really think I needed to do that yet anyway. But yeah, it was that was quite unusual. I was like, oh, oh, OK. All right, then. Yeah. And yeah, was don't... it, did it feel good your first time or was it sort of oh, typical? God, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how we all think that question is completely ridiculous, but yeah. No, 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 no. But luckily, to be fair, luckily, the guy I was with, he was a ve- he was very respectful of me. And in fact, we waited a really long time. And that, mm-hmm. that that's good, isn't it? You know, when you're sort of 16, 17, it's nice that you can be in that sort of relationship where things weren't perfect at all. But um at least I wasn't pushed into anything which is fantastic yeah yeah I mean it's good also it's a low bar (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's like yeah that's kind of the best we can hope for um maybe a little bit better for for our kids hopefully but I think it it. exactly hasn't changed all that much unfortunately since since we were young and then meeting your current um, partner your husband what was that about about how did you do that yeah so we met really really young so I I was 18 and he was 21 so we were super super young I was still at college and um we met and I this is one thing I really wanted to say which I'll slip in here um I've never found people attractive I can say like oh that person's a a good looking guy I have never ever fancied somebody because of the way they look ever I've I've never ever felt that and it's actually a really strange thing because I can remember when I first started going out with my husband and these girls said to me at college oh is he good looking and I said I don't know I said he's nice that's it and they came over to see him and they were like oh my god he's so hot you know what teenage girls are like and I was just like I, I, I can't see it but yeah it's a really strange one to me that I thought I was really weird that I never I don't I don't find people physically attractive like that it's not not I think you're more the norm than not I think so too yeah Yeah. I think think you thought me yeah (laughs) it's so hyped like a physical attraction is so blown out of proportion in media yeah yeah so you you started dating and what was sex like in the beginning Uh, awkward yeah I would say probably awkward realistically um I think he thought I had as I'd had a long-term relationship and he hadn't he thought I had all the experience which I didn't really um and he'd only ever had um you know very short lived experiences Mm -hmm. um so yeah probably awkward for a little while but then generally okay and I felt really comfortable with him really really quick um because I liked him because he was nice to me you know which is uh yeah he was nice and he was very very he was really respectful but he was also just very made me feel very at ease and at at his mum and dad's house he had a really big bedroom and we could lock the door so I never felt overlooked whereas at my house bless I had my niece and nephew living there and my sister and it, it was just chaos so yeah I felt always very comfortable at his house um, I can remember him buying me lingerie fairly early on. And I remember feeling really embarrassed 
And it has been something that has gone right through our relationship. And when I started WIM, I threw it all away because yes, I could did. not stand this bloody lingerie. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Cannot stand yeah. it. Let, let's talk about that. What about mm. it did you hate? I remember him saying to me when he bought me this first piece of lingerie, I bought you a present and it's quite expensive. And I remember being quite excited. And uh, I was what like, were you wow. thinking? What, what kind of gift? Maybe jewellery or something like that. And I was like, wow, oh my God, he must really like me. And then it was this lingerie and I thought, oh God, I don't, I wonder actually maybe if it has stemmed from there in that I was expecting something else and it was something different that he obviously thought was a really lovely gift and I didn't particularly want it. And maybe that's where the awkwardness of lingerie has continued because I don't think that I had a stunning figure. I looked lovely and, it, you know, it was beautiful. And I didn't feel horrible when I put it on, but I think it was maybe the awkwardness of what I was expecting and what I what I got. Maybe that was just... Did it feel yeah. like a gift for you or did it feel like a gift for him or some combination? I, I think at that stage, I was just completely like, oh, just just felt awkward and horrible. But 100% over the years, the more and more he's bought, I, I literally, yeah, it's obviously only for him. <laughs> it's, it, it's never ever for me. I, he will say it was for me, but I, yeah, it, I don't want it. I don't want it at all. Yeah, you didn't ask for it nope yeah and you know I've got a couple of yeah I've got a couple of bits of you know pretty underwear and things that I have bought myself over the years and I have kept all of those because I because I feel comfortable in those is there a difference between someone buying you lingerie and then you buying yourself something yeah I think maybe there is isn't there I think because if your husband buys it for you or anybody but you are then expected to put it on whereas mm -hmm. if you buy it and pop it away in your knicker drawer and he doesn't even know about it until you decide that you want to put it on mm -hmm. I think that is definitely a huge difference yeah and I wonder if you buy it for yourself you're buying it more for maybe the silky feeling or the actual yes. feeling on your body versus what it's going to look like mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and I mean and you know the th the things he's bought me over the years and I they say I will not look like this woman looks like on you know on the packet uh, that will not look like that I mean my boob will just fall out of the hole it's not it's it's not gonna be like that it's uh yeah it's, it's very crazy what do you think your husband was taught about lingerie that made him buy it for you I don't know he definitely I mean porn has definitely been a huge factor so I think um for him I suppose and I suppose growing up in the 90s it was very Pamela Anderson uh Katie Price Jordan, Katie Price Jordan yeah uh like big big boobs in very small lingerie um it's definitely what he was brought up with you know looking at as a teenage boy 100 percent mm -hmm. um and it's definitely still a thing that he he definitely finds very attractive yeah um, very attractive I wonder what this the story is about 
I wonder what they think that we will feel about the lingerie. Is mm. it like, oh, wow, like, thank you. It's It was expensive. I wanted this. this yeah. is so, it's so interesting. I'll have, yeah. to ask, I'll have to ask a man more about this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this storyline that is just, because th- this I hear this so much. Yeah. It is just a constant um, experience of so many women. Yeah. I mean, how many times have I heard women say, I burned it all. <laughs> I yeah. threw it out. I know. And I did tell him I was going to throw it all away. And then he said to me a few weeks in, oh, do, do you want to throw it away together? And I said, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> over. It's, gone. it's gone I said I've done it I had to do it it's gone yeah I've heard a similar story around vibrators and sex toys yeah. that men will buy for their wives and that mm. is a similar feeling um it's it's not empowering it's just you know no I did throw some some of those bits out as well mm. I did keep some but that was again things that I have chosen I've kept yes. those yeah but everything else is gone God, he doesn't know that well he will know soon <laughs> when he listens to this <laughs> yeah gone too yeah 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 we've had lots I feel like that needs mm. to be almost like a part of whim is that we do like yeah. a, a group a group throughout <laughs> or decluttering or something yeah That's what it. sparks joy and what doesn't definitely so when in your relationship did think like the did the desire discrepancy start to emerge <laughs> say it's probably always been there slightly his desire is higher than mine you know his sex drive whatever we want to call it is higher than mine always I suppose that has always been you know probably not in the first two or three months but you know when when once you settle in it probably has been there forever um we had our first little girl also very young I was only 21 so um I think you know there's this thing of oh well we must get back to having sex you know we must, must get back to this and must get back uh, to that six and, week kind of thing. yeah exactly oh, oh gosh, I hate scary. It. six oh, no. weeks god oh, forget um it. but yeah and I suppose it has just become more and more of a thing and over the last five years maybe th- maybe a bit less but five years or so we've we've tended to argue a lot at bedtime so we will get into bed He'll try and give me a kiss or he'll say, do you want to, do you want to cuddle? Or blah, blah. It will start an argument. It will start me feeling I'll back off straight away. Um, and really, I, I think, I don't know, because I, I used to say to him, and these arguments would maybe happen once every three months originally. And I'd say, every time we argue like this, you're pushing me away. And of course he would say, but you're pushing me away. You know, it, it, there's a never ending. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't end the argument. And I think probably eventually those arguments were getting up to two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. And that was probably not far off about a year ago now-ish. Um, and, you know, and I just thought, do you know what? I, I, I can't do this. I, I, I can't be with this person um he was getting very not nasty never nasty but he yeah he was very defensive on his side I was very defensive on my side and I actually think I actually said to him I think a lot of the things you've taught I think I've known forever in my head I think they're things that I've known and 
you just needed to pick them out for me because I think they're all the things that I stand for and they're all the, the you know, when he his hand touches on my leg and I push it off and he pushes it back and I push it off and it's all those things you've taught us that it's okay to say, no, thank you very much. I don't want that. Um, but yeah, the arguments definitely got way, way more. And, and I mean, we were still probably having sex about once every two weeks or so it was we still you know we didn't never got to the stage like some of the ladies where it's been two three four months we never got to that stage but I think that was probably me saying thinking well let's just crack on and then stop the arguments um because the arguments just are <laughs> horrific and then they can I think as well that the arguments started spilling into the rest of our lives and that's when we decided that this is this is no good at all no how long have you been married again uh 19 and a half years yeah be 20 years next year yeah pretty wild hey yeah crazy yeah during that time did you seek out any other help literally this time last year and that was the first time ever I would never have spoken to anybody about anything to do with sex not not even my mum who I'm really close with not not anybody my niece super close with my niece wouldn't have spoken to her um yeah just would not have but we we found a lady online we went to her three times I was extremely nervous first time we went and I did not want to go in at all but she was pleasant she was nice but we literally went three times and I said I can't I can't go anymore I don't know what it was I just didn't feel comfortable um I know if you were here in England it would have been much easier (laughs) I could have just come to see you but yeah uh, and then I suppose it was about that sort of time maybe January that we found you and that's where we've sort of just been going along listening to the podcast and things since then um and that yeah it's when you sort of turn around I mean I'd said to myself maybe even a year or so before we even hit hit the climax the climax last year I'd sort of said to my you know you're in the shower and you think I can't live like this anymore I'll give it I'll give it six months but then of course you don't write it down and you you don't you don't actually remember when six months was and then you're having a shower another time and there's been a massive row and you think I can't do this anymore I'll give it six months (laughs) and uh yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, I must say I mean you know, things aren't perfect, obviously, now, but <laughs> I'm not in that. I'll give it six months anymore. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think so many people listening will relate to that feeling. Yeah. I know I do. I felt the mm. same way. But if you don't know a way out, then what are you going to do if it's that cycle continuing? He feels rejected, not important. There's like, you don't care about him. You don't love him. And and you feel broken and frustrated and annoyed and resentful. Mm. It's just like, wow, what a script to just keep on going over and over again. But like you say, you don't talk to anybody about it, even close friends. You might say, oh, he's been a bit of an idiot at the moment or, oh, we've had loads of arguments at the moment. or, But you wouldn't, you don't delve into it. It's no. not the sort of thing you chat about. And mm. I don't really have that many really close friends either. So I don't really have anyone I'd really speak to. Yeah, I think that's more normal than not. I think we're really facing kind of a crisis of isolation in some Mm. countries. Yeah, yeah, here. 
It's hard to make friends. We're all so damn busy. Yeah, exactly. Just running our kids around, those teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Just needed to drive, drive, drive. Yeah. So you started uh, WIM. How how was that like for you? Because if your first experience with talking about sex was uncomfortable and awkward, first off, how did you find the courage to join a program about sex that was going to include a lot Mm. of other women, a group experience? And then what was it like? coming into that for you yeah I think I think that's why I put it off so because I was going to join the summer round and I was like oh no we're very busy we were very busy but I definitely put it off 100% put it off but I kept saying oh you know well in October we're going to do this thing you know it in my head but I but I decided that and I think that's what's so nice and I actually nearly signed up and then my husband said to me oh, don't forget, it's not long till the WIM course starts. So I said, I know, I'm going to do it, but I don't, it nearly put me off because I wish he hadn't tried to remind me. Um, but doing the first, once I signed up, I was like, oh, it's quite G'd up. I was quite, yeah, this is great. And I'd listened to your podcast for so long, I felt like I knew you. So that, that bit was easy. Um and it's a funny one because even though I hated when we went to the the lady before the sex therapist we went to, I hated that. But actually, once she started talking, I was quite happy to to talk. I'm not overly prudish. I'm not. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm not really very cut off, so I'm quite happy to talk about things. But definitely in the first meeting, because I think the very first one I couldn't come um, live, so I listened to it, and then I did the co- coaching call on the Monday. And I remember putting my hand up really near the beginning because I was like, right, I'm just going to talk. Because if I don't talk now, I'll be one of your week eight ladies that ask a question. So I was like, no, I'm going to ask a question. I can't even remember what I said, but I thought I've just got to do it. Uh, and I think that's exactly how I got over that fear. But and and then by the end of the call, I was like, I, I went downstairs and I said to my husband, I don't ever want to come off this call. I just want to stay here forever. Because like to just be on there with all these faces that are all saying the same thing. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> they're all the same as me. And obviously some people think, you know, some people's stories are slightly different. But it's just like, there's all these women and they're all the same. Yeah. And I was just, yeah. And I felt completely at ease straight away. That's so good. And we're just such a tiny, tiny sample, Mm. you know, sample of the population of women who are feeling this way and out there. Mm. So if you're listening, you're not alone. You're not alone. I just want to shout it out the window. I'm like, come on. (laughs) Who are you all? (laughs) It's mad. It's crazy. What was the most, um, I guess, like, what do I want to say? What was the most (laughs) impactful part of whim for you oh that's a big question (laughs) the most impactful bit the bit that's impacted my life the the most like since yeah yeah because every woman I find will resonate differently with each path so whether it's safety compassion culture intuition pleasure connection with your body the concept Mm. of an exploration date yeah I think um one of my favorite weeks was the now I can't remember which one it's called now not intuition oh the exploring pleasure one I don't mean yeah prioritize your pleasure yeah Uh, yeah that's it yeah 
I think that was my favorite week 100% and I can just remember listening to the class in my ear uh, in my airpods walking up the road because I couldn't listen live that one as well and feeling my the raincoat that I had on and I was like oh this feels so good and I was feeling walls and I was and I was smelling stuff I was like, this is just incredible and that was the week I had a bath and like made it hot and cold and I was like this is just amazing and I do think that that definitely the prioritizing your pleasure thing is definitely a thing that whether you know all sexual stuff completely aside just prioritizing things that I enjoy I've since bought like I've gone and bought some pens just because they looked nice and yeah just little things like that and oh my god this is so nice just and I said to Lee no I don't oh I don't know if I'm so allowed to say my husband's name but it's fine I said oh my god I must use that pen because this is the pen I like and Jana told me I should use the pen I want but yeah that's definitely a, had a massive impact um but I mean this the, the the safety thing is a really strange one isn't it I mean I know people really struggle with the safety word and it's definitely something that my husband had a massive issue with when we first started listening to the podcast he was like, she just hates all men. And uh, he's completely changed his um his mind on that one now. But um, but yeah, uh, that's a massive one. Yeah. But yeah, the pleasure, definitely. The pleasure in everything. Cozy blankets on your bed. You're just yeah. not I have wearing to your jumper is itchy. As we're speaking, I'm actually <laughs> holding one of my favorite pens and there's this sort of embossed writing on it and I've been this whole time I've been rubbing my thumb up and down this sort of exactly yeah I never ever experienced anything like that before never never even crossed my mind and how is that translated into your sexual experiences for for me personally it's it's been fantastic the whole the whole thing of just starting with a cuddle that feels good you know those things a tickle that feels nice all, all of those things that I I suppose realistically for years would have pushed off a tickle or a massage or a, even a cuddle because it might have to lead to something else and just having that knowledge that it doesn't have to go anywhere else is like the most <laughs> incredible thing in the whole universe I mean all three of our XDs so far have ended up leading to other things and we had I would say all three experiences have been a sexual experience um which I'm kind of disappointed because I kind of would have liked to have had like but then we'll have one I'm sure but it's what your body wanted in the moment yeah exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and we're really allowing like loads of time for them I know you said you know you only need 30 minutes but you know or an hour but like we've been allowing two and we're, gen- we're generally like coming sh- from a shower all the way through to being completely done and chilled for 20 minutes, you know, but we're having like a long amount of time yeah. and just, yeah, exploring things that, that I feel nice. Yeah. That, that are feeling nice for me mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily sexual and sometimes are sexual as well, but mm-hmm. just things that like I say, like tickles and and massages that I definitely would have pushed off because I would have thought that that would have had to have led to something else. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I love it when my husband wears cologne. I know not everyone loves it, uh-huh. but yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we got this sample set. It's like a Christmas sample set. And I, there must <laughs> be like 12 colognes in there. It's it's really wild. And then you get a return, a coupon, and you get like the full, like a full version yeah, of yeah, yeah. the one you want. It's a really great yeah. setup. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. But in the past, I mean, years ago, <laughs> I wouldn't have want every time he would put on cologne, usually it was a signal that he wanted to attract me or that we were going to go out for dinner and there was going to be an expectation. It was date night, like stuff was going to happen. This is what you do as a married couple. And it's been so freeing and empowering to just go through this sample set and to really like dive into the smells and how it smells on his skin and which scents I like and what the notes are. And this one leans more floral. This one leans more sort of that musky scent. And it's been so fun. That is so cool. Yeah, that is so cool. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? Like you thinking you just can't enjoy something because of what it would have meant. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And that it could be an enjoyable experience all on its mm. own. That he yeah. could put some cologne on and that I could literally lay there for 20 minutes smelling <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. That that would be a thing. But does, yeah, is it pleasurable? Yeah, way more pleasurable than so many other, the more socially acceptable sexual. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You actually saying that as well. Actually, see, every time I would put perfume on and my husband would say, oh, you smell nice. I think, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, the the barrier is literally there instantly. Um, but more recently and probably since when, if I have it on and he says, oh, you smell nice. I just I know. <laughs> yeah, I chose this scent. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me yeah. smell my wrist or yeah. yeah, take a swipe of my neck and smell it. Yeah. Well, we generally wear the same because we have we, we both really like CK1, as does our daughter. Whoa, so we that's all... bringing it. That's that. That's like <laughs> my grade seven. <laughs> CK1. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it. And so we all. Yeah. One of my daughters and me and him, we all wear it. Yeah, because it's a very unisex sort of yeah. smell. Not that they're that's so gendered, isn't that? Amazing? Oh, it's so stupid, how, isn't it? Yeah. yeah <laughs> how scents are so gendered. Yeah. fascinating ck1 yeah (laughs) i think in the set there was um eternity i think eternity is one of those Uh, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh this has been such a great conversation as we sort of head into wrapping up was there Mm -hmm. anything that you wanted to get to that we haven't talked about already well i didn't make my notes so no but the fancying thing was a big big thing i definitely wanted to to chuck in there because uh there's definitely something that I thought was really weird and mm. yeah I don't think I am that weird so and did that's... that bring you some shame in your relationship that you didn't necessarily find your husband attractive 100% because this is the problem and especially as the um arguments got more over the years he'd say I just want to feel fancied you don't fancy me and I could never feel myself because I'm a really honest person and I was like I can't say to you Yes, I do fancy you because I don't feel that that sort of attraction. Mm-hmm. I like him. I find him attractive when he's being nice, when he's being calm, when he's being helpful around the house. When he's being attentive, uh, listening. Exactly, exactly. And then I find him attractive. 
he could put on all the clothes and had to do his hair all as much as he likes and he's being an idiot he he won't be attractive to me yeah. and yeah it's a very very hard one because he very much I think he very much needed me to say I find you attractive and I I think he's finally got it mm-hmm. I think he finally understands yeah. um I do find him attractive when he's being nice that's yeah I, that's what I find attractive yeah. I don't find the physicalness which is handy because as he gets old he's not going to look the same so it's <laughs> that's a thing bodies change and yeah it, it is yeah but there's something so um connected in our culture in terms of for men to be a man mm. is to be wanted is to be um being seen as attractive and sexy to your partner that is a very important piece and it's connected to how your partner views you and wants you as a human being mm-hmm. so much so many times i hear women say like i i love him i want him i choose him i'm I'm proud of him. I'm in awe of some of the stuff he does. And I'm not super, not super attracted, physically attracted. And it's really not a big deal at all. Yeah. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but it is, it does relate a little bit. I went to a Starbucks. This was years ago. And a barista there, I was finding more and more attractive, which was really fascinating to me because. He was not traditionally very good looking, I would say. Not not symmetrical, as we we joke in our home. <laughs> <laughs> symmetrical features are typically more socially attractive. And I was just so curious about this. And I started to uh, examine a little bit more of my interactions with him. And I realized this gentleman was hard of hearing and he was wearing double... Um, what are these called when they put them in? The- yeah, hearing aids. Hearing aids. Yeah. And he was reading our lips. So uh. he was extremely attentive. There was no multitasking, no looking down at the cast register. When you were ordering, when you were speaking, he was looking right at you the whole time. Wow. Yeah. And it just shows you how attractive and and wonderful and magnetic that um that attentiveness is i think for all i think for humans you know i was gonna say for women but i think for everybody we want to be seen yeah that's amazing (laughs) yeah it's really amazing thank you so much kate for coming on the podcast and thank you so much for having me and chilling me out i was quite nervous were you really wow it did not come across (laughs) you did fantastic yeah oh (laughs) thank thank you. you And thank you everyone who listened right to the end and we'll, we'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. Hey, just Jana. I know I just said goodbye, but here I am again, reminding you that if you would like to join Wanting It More, now is an excellent time. The price is going to be going up. So if you join for the February, March round of 2024, you will get the complete program for women and the brand new complete program for men for the current price. It's a really great deal. So if you want to join, I highly encourage you to join our waitlist. You can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up and then you will be the first person or the first group of people 
to get the information so that you can join before the the gates open for everyone and it's flooded. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope to see you there if it's a good fit. And I'm looking forward to welcoming both you and your partner to the experience.